Greetings, Quester, and welcome to the Quest Report with Matt and Richard. And on this Quest Report, we're going to be talking about a study in Emerald by, by based on the work of Neil Gaiman. This is from Tree Frog Games, and it's this one is based on a, basically a work of fiction, which is basically a combination of history with Lovecraft and Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, so you say it's by Neil Gaiman, but there's also H.P. Lovecraft and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle as well. If you're wondering why Richard's been very careful, there we are. I, that's because I put Cthulhu on his head. We were trying to find a place where everyone would see him and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he needed to be in the shot when we started talking about Cthulhu, so I'm going to respectfully put him here. Respectfully with and game. with terror. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. Yeah, so this is a really interesting game that blends different elements. Now, it's in this game, you get a secret identity at the beginning, beginning of the game. You're either a loyalist, which means you are loyal to the Elder Gods, aren't you? The uh, To Cthulhu and, yeah. and the various. Other old ones. Great old remember, ones. Yeah, they've already conquered the world. They have, and this is Victorian times. Mm-hmm. They've been ruling for seven hundred years. Yes, <laughs> it's crazy. So yeah, you say the secret identity, but it's actually like a secret faction, isn't yeah. it? So yeah, you're either loyal to them, a loyalist, or a restorationist. You want humans to be able to rule again. So you're rebelling against them, or you're supporting them. <laughs> yeah. And the actual game was designed by Martin Wallace. Yeah. Who's a very good games designer. He's um, both famous games, probably Ankh-Morbork, the Discworld game. And we do like that one. We do love that game. And in this, I say, you get your secret identity at the start. Now, those, that's very important because that doesn't just dictate your points and how well you do in the game. It dictates how many, how well other people do in the game and how well other people do in the game in turn affects how you do because you have a loyalist track and a restorationist track. And as you get, you're getting individual points for yourself... Um, you also are affecting, through various actions, the Loyalist and Restoration tracks. Now, you gain points as the difference between those tracks widen, you lose points as the difference between those tracks shrink, and at the end of the game, um, the losing side will have their points deducted. Well, we all reveal what side we yeah. were on during the game, don't we, at that point? At the end of the game, yeah, when you're scoring. So, basically... And you... the person with the lowest score on the team, their entire team loses the, the amount of points that are the difference between the Restorationist and Loyalist tracks. Had to drag me down that time. You, had, you would have actually <laughs> just sneaked ahead of me, I think, actually, yeah, on the last time I we would played, have if won. it wasn't for, for yeah. the fact that your team was had the weakest scoring player on it. But that... Yeah, when I was the only loyalist. Yeah, and we were like basically in our, our Bajoran type cells. <laughs> and um, yeah, when you're doing that kind of thing and fighting against impossible odds, then sometimes things just go bad. This is quite an interesting game because you've got your board, uh, which has got your nine different locations on it. So mm-hmm. you've got like Paris, Constantinople, Berlin, and all these different cities. Yeah, Rome. it's all different capital cities. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah, and in each capital city, there's a great old one, isn't there? Yeah, it's called the Royalty. The Royalty card. Yeah. Um, and in a three-player game, you've got your city card, your loyal, your Royalty card, and then three other cards that are on there as well. And they're random, aren't they? They are randomly dealt out. So you can recruit those, you know, any, any one of those three cards, which can give you different things. Yeah. It is a deck-building game. Yeah, and they're from Lovecraft and, and from Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. So and like, also from history. Some of them are historical history. characters. That are, yeah, there's uh, like Bismarck, people yeah. like that. There is um, Irene Adler. 
and there was um, Lestrade as well. Yeah, there's ones cool. that are associated with anarchist groups as well from history. There, it's yeah. it's a really interesting actually set of cards, mm. um, and you can recruit them and get get yourself agents that you can then move around the board. Uh, you can place influence cubes on different areas to try and recruit those agents. You can also, once the uh, royalty cards uh, are out, you can try and assassinate those cards for points. Yeah, you can try and kill the old one that's yeah. ruling that city. And it's in the setup of the game that it's the fact that dynamite has been invented. Mm. That is what's going to let you now start opposing the yeah. old ones so because before that they, they had no option to fighting them but once dynamite's invented you've got something that can actually cause damage and disturbing it's kind of a suicide attack yeah. <laughs> you do have to lose one of your agents to do it yeah um and also you can use that same tactic to attack agents of another player but if you get to the end and you and when those loyalty cards are, are revealed it turns out you've attacked someone else on the same side instead of gaining points you lose those points yeah so there's quite a lot of you, your points are dependent on these secret identity cards and who's on what side. And I actually yeah. really enjoy that because I find it interesting to, uh, during the game to look around and try and work out who's on what side. I do think some people difficult. will not like that element because it's going to give them something else to try and f to focus on and think about in a game that's already... And it not, it's not heavy, but it, there is some intricacy in there, isn't there? It's very counterintuitive, that's yeah. what we found. It's all placing influence cubes and agents and it's actually the rules are very simple when you get that down yeah. to it you basically on your turn you have two actions and mm. you use your cards to accomplish those actions yeah. and it's kind of a deck builder isn't it yeah so on your turn you can place influence cubes onto the board you can take influence cubes back off the board yeah uh, you can claim a card from the board that that has to be the first action you do on your turn and that becomes very interesting yes because you have to place influence cubes and then hope that nobody places more on that city mm before it's your next turn and you can claim a card on the next turn we can we really screwed each other <laughs> like everybody was kind of um like putting influence cubes down and we're like oh, i know what you just did there <laughs> so there's quite a few different things to think about in this game uh, quite a few different symbols you need to work out and know what the symbols are on the cards and when to trigger those symbols as well don't you uh, but yeah. that you will know by the time you've, you've played it once through you will know it and also there is quite a helpful play aid on the back of the rules book which will help you to keep track of everything yeah, there somebody's constantly leaping through the rules because yeah. <laughs> in the first game yeah i mean it's not a heavy game at all but like you said for some reason it feels counterintuitive but once you've played it you know how the game works it's actually quite simple rules wise and then you can yeah. focus on the tactics of I the game i can't really liken it to any other games it's very euro mm. but that's about it so, yeah. The one thing I did think about is that I think for Martin Wallace fans, if you've played other Martin Wallace games, you will recognise not necessarily the same mechanic, but similar mechanics. So, for example, the actions on the card some, at times reminded me a little bit of the way that the actions on the card work in Ankh-Morpork. Pork. Mm. Completely different actions completely different symbols but for some reason it, it just it was reminiscent of that for me yeah um, the way that you use them the way use you them use to accomplish them different actions yeah i mean there are other games like that but primarily and maybe it's just because they're both martin wallace but it, it just me a bit of um that one where you've got the crystals on the board cry havoc yeah 
I do think that because there's no there's no area of control in this game, uh, but there is an element of that in the sense of if you want to get a card or if you want to co commit an assassination, you have to have the highest influence, be it through influence cubes or through agents. I was just thinking of the symbols you know. like you can play multiple ones of that one. Symbol, oh right, yeah, but yeah. They can only be they all have to be the same. Yeah, that's a very good point because you can play with like uh, you place influence cubes. You can have two on one card and then two other cards with one on each. Mm -hmm. You can play that as one action and take all four influence cubes you know that is yeah that is a and that is an interesting mechanic again and you know i do like the way the game works i like the fact if you get a, an agent and it's if you pick a card off the board and it's got the uh agent piece symbol on it you put your piece straight down into that spot because that's yeah. where you've recruited them it feels very much like the card you get you're recruiting that person yeah. so you get the card and that goes into your discard pile and it will come around again in your hand mm. which is pretty cool but you also get uh, another little of these which I just had to point out, they're basically meeples like us, yeah. but they are very much like 30s guys type of detective. One of the other things that reminded me of uh, Ankh-Mor Porkiness, in most deck builders, you draw your hand, you use whatever cards you can use, and then you just discard the remaining cards and draw a new hand for the next round. In this, you don't do that. You've got, like in, in Ankh-Mor Pork, you play your cards and then you redraw up to your hand limit up to five up to yeah. five which means that if you look at it you think well i don't want to use this card i want to save this card and use it on my next turn you can do most deck builders don't allow you to do that yes yeah that w that's quite interesting because you you can save them over can't you and that really helps because if you're going to try and assassinate an old one sorry our lord cthulhu <laughs> but um you need to collect bomb symbols don't you so yeah. if you've got a few you could like keep them and then hope that you get some more and then maybe you need like five, say, yeah. to destroy the one. Because in when you're trying to assassinate a great old one, you need an assassinate card to trigger it. The bomb symbol on that card doesn't count towards that attempt. Uh, but so you need other cards that you can discard that with the bomb point symbol on. But they're also uh, the amount of agents that you've got in that city contributes towards your bomb point total. Yes. So if you've got like a, a great old one with five. Uh, bomb points. You'd need a card to trigger it. Maybe two agents in the city and two cards with the dis you know the bomb symbol to discard to be able to make those five to to, to knock it off. But that yeah. is quite an obvious way to spot as well the uh, loyalists because the loyalists don't tend to do that too much. Maybe was, occasionally and to throw though, suspicion. Like the first time we played it, um, we didn't get the mechanics quite so well. Mm. It came, I was like miles ahead. I think, and then we got to the point where it ended the game, and then we counted up all our points. I lost loads because I'd, got... I'd been blowing up old ones, mm. and I was meant to be a, a loyalist. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so... Also, on certain cards that you acquire, they will give you loyalist victory points. Other cards give you restorationist victory points, and yeah. then there's the neutral points. Now, so if I was you're a new, loads yeah, the wrong ones. when you acquire them, because you obviously you, no one knows your ID, you gain those those points. If you're a restorationist, mm. you will gain the victory points, but at the end they'll be deducted. Yeah. Uh, so that can really, if you're not careful, really hit your score at the end of the game. And it did. It did in your. It did for you, didn't it? Um, yeah. Then but this, I, this, the second time we got it better, didn't we? Yeah. So what, what, what you're saying? I was going to say, you know, what's your final thoughts on that game, Richard? Because it there's a lot to this game. Yeah, well, what, what I was just thinking about was it um, the first time the counting up at the end was in incredibly devastating to some of us. <laughs> I think we ended the game because I went insane, actually. Um, there, there is sanity in this yeah. game. And if you lose all your sanity, you immediately... Some cards you draw make you roll a sanity die and you only start with three sanity. 
Yeah, and the sanity points are on top of your uh, identity card. Yep. And when they're gone, you reveal it, and I think that ends the game as well. But, um, yeah, it. Yeah, I'm out of beer. Oh no! Right, stop the camera. Roll the sanity die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, start again. <laughs> yeah, we have to. Um, yeah, you kind of reveal it and everything, and at the end of the game, I lost a whole bunch of points. The second time, we were all playing with that a little bit more in mind, weren't we? Mm. Getting the right type of victory points. But we were also, especially I think me and Heather, I mean, it might have been just because there was two of us on the restorationist side, we were kind of making the restorationist track like go really mm. high. We were kind of really working hard on the restorationist side. And that made the game end quite earlier than we thought because it got to the top. And, well, it got far enough apart that we all had, that you ended up with loads of victory points. Mm. And, yeah, the counting up wasn't so devastating that time, but it was really obvious who was on what side. Mm. I mean, we could really tell that Matt was the loyalist and that we were both restoration. Unli- unli- it's very unlikely to not be blowing things up with dynamite in a game. So. Yeah, so if it's not, <laughs> there must be something at work there. So yeah, we... I think once everybody knows the rules of the game, it will all become a lot more subtle. Mm. I think you'd end up doing things that benefit the other side just to keep the game going long enough mm. so that you can have enough points at the end. Yeah. I think it would become incredibly strategic. But as it is, it is very enjoyable anyway. Mm. Um, just gaining the cards is really cool. Um, sending your agents to different cities with the train track symbols is really cool. Just the fact that you're in a world... It, it seems very steampunk in a way. Mm. It's kind of a Victorian world ruled by these kind of monsters. And... Yeah, just those kind of elements to it just make it a very enjoyable game. And it's not too long, is it? I mean, no. uh, it ends kind of sooner than you think, and then you'll just get to count up your victory points. And I find I didn't really mind like who'd won or not because... We just enjoyed the game. Yeah, because it was just very immersive, mm. especially for a, for that kind of Euro game that's kind of very stylized. Um, yeah, I, I really felt like we were actually able to plan strategies and uh, then execute them quite well that thing you were talking about where you get to keep cards mm. that made that meant that you had a few to play when it was your turn so yeah I, I love the theme of it um, that doesn't mean I'd actually like the actual gameplay but um, as it turns out yeah it's been very yeah. enjoyable so all around I would recommend this game I like the theme I mean I like Sherlock Holmes as a theme I like uh, Lovecraft as a theme yeah, this so takes all them together I like history this yeah. mashes up three things that I really like I like deck builders I'd say if you like Martin Wallace games if you like deck builders this is definitely one to you know to go out and take a look at and if you're a baker fully then you know all sanity to you so. <laughs> yeah try and stay sane as well as Maddelson yeah Farewell, Questa. To find out about other productions by the Middlesome Meeples, then check out our channel or rendezvous with us at middlesomemeeples.com. Until next time, Questa, farewell and keep thine axe sharp.